before we start with the guided meditation, um, I'd like to speak a little bit about how this practice is rooted into silent practice. So um, the ease, the focus and the concentration that comes from silent practice, we will cultivate that also on this retreat here that we're having. Um, so we'll also have longer periods of, of silent practice today. Um, as a matter of fact, we're going to start with that. And um, just to give you an idea of the trajectory of the day, um, we will offer more very specific guidelines connected to this practice of inside dialogue. And these guidelines are there to support us while we practice awareness, while we practice investigation and concentration. Um, so what I'd like to do now is tell you just that we're going to offer uh, this guideline of open pretty soon, but also the guideline of relax. That's what we're going to be working with today, this first part of the, of the morning. And without talking too much, I'd like to start with the meditation now. So I invite you to settle onto your throne. And um, be, just before I do that, I check with Greg if there's anything that comes to your mind. Um, no, just if you want me to ring the bell, I think it's all the way over here. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you. want me to move it around? Why don't you ring it now? Thank you. inviting you to start by simply pausing, taking a moment and to reconnect with the body. So simply coming home to this body. time and allow yourself to become really intimate with all the bodily sensations. It's like this right now.
pausing. Noticing if there's any tension in the body as you connect with the body. Place of contraction. Cool temperature. And if that's the case, very gently Pause there, bring your mindfulness there. With an attitude of receiving and allowing. Relaxing into perhaps a subtle tension in the body.
so soon we'll go back into inside dialogue practice. So settling in, finding a body posture that allows for wakefulness. Yeah. And please decide who speaks first and who will be the listener. And this is just a continuation of the silence sit that we've just done. So an invitation also to check what's the quality of mindfulness right now? Does it feel continuous? Does it feel just a little bit interrupted? Just checking in with that right now. It's like this. And yesterday we practiced the first guideline and inside dialogue pause, which has this quality of mindfulness, this remembering to notice what's happening now. So finding refuge in pause right now. And we can pause into the body like we've just done. But we can also check in, what's the mind like right now? Pause there. Does the mind feel calm? Does it feel a little restless? a sense of expecting, a sense of just being here and easeful, pausing. And the pause is the foundation of mind of our practice of inside dialogue. It's this remembering to be mindful. So please let the pause support you as much as possible. And by pausing, you're giving a gift to your meditation partner to remember to pause as well. We can pause while listening. We can pause while speaking. So I'd like to invite us into practicing a second Inside Dialogue guideline. It's called Relax. We've been heard, we've been told probably many times, relax. It has a sense of doing and all of a sudden, oh, I have to relax. But within inside dialogue, relax is has a quality of accepting the way things are. And inside dialogue, relax points to 
this quality in the mind of receiving sensations of the body, of the mind, in interaction, and allowing them to be. So it points to this quality of wise attention. wise attitude. Pause and relax. And relax is really helpful when we notice tension in the body-mind. Instead of reacting to it out of habit. There's the pause that goes, ah, oh, tension. And then we can bring in this skillful guideline of relax. Receiving that tension. Tension in the chest, in the throat. Nervousness to speak in the mind. What's it like to receive it and to bring this attitude of just allowing it to be, taking care of it? Relax. So the relax becomes a receiving with wisdom, with compassion. So for the speaker, the invitation is to pause into the body, noticing the mind. And as you scan the mind, as you scan the whole system, the body-mind, notice if there's any tension. What's it like to practice relax? So the invitation is to perhaps name that tension in the chest, in the throat. And to allow it to be, to speak to it. And really notice what happens when you are speaking about it. As you continue pausing, also during the speaking, take your time. This is a practice that allows us to train mindfulness continuously. So just to speak to whatever is, maybe the subtlest of tension or feeling of uncomfortable. Just to speak to that using relax, using pause. And listener, for you the invitation to pause and relax as well as you receive what the speaker generously offers. What's the reaction in the whole system when you hear the speaker talk about an uncomfortable feeling in the body or in the mind? And remember, speaker, 
only speak to what feels comfortable for you to share. So pause there too. So soon I'll ring the bell, indicating we can start speaking and listening. Speaking to what's perhaps a little uncomfortable in the body. It's bothering in the mind. From the moment, really speaking from the moment or what's alive for you right now. Pause and relax. Just noticing how this moment is right now. The body is sitting. And this is a pause, right? So you could check the mindfulness. What are you aware of right now? So we'll move to the new speaker, new listener. And again, we're just introducing the meditation instruction pause and relax. So what's it like to actually engage, relax, when you find tension in the jaw, in the throat, in the belly? and you offer relax. What happens? You could name that experience. So you really see how you're using it as a meditation instruction. But you may also notice that there are things that even when you offer pause and relax, it doesn't let go. So we see that relax is also accept, receive, allow. And you can name what happens when you offer that. It's a shifting of the relationship with what's known. To just receive it, not fight it, not push it away, reject it. 
and what happens in that moment when you offer relax, accept, allow to that sensation or that thought that won't go away. No problem. It's all known by the meditating mind. So for the speaker, you're being very intentional in your practice now. Exploring this guideline, relax. Receive, allow. And for the listener, if the mind wanders off or there's some judgment or you just begin to space out, you can brighten the mind with pause, coming home. And receive just this. Any reactions in the mind, relax, accept, allow. Pause, relax. Just this experience now. what's being known right now. As you pause. And what's it like to meet that with relax, with this attitude of acceptance, this attitude of simply receiving and allowing So now we're going to let go of the form of a speaker and a listener. And you're invited to interact as you see fit with the same contemplation to pause and to feel and to notice if there's any tension within yourself or within having this interaction in the in-between that we are creating as we speak in dialogue, as we communicate. And to meet that with, with pause and relax. What's it like? And even in this moment, is there a sense of really being here? What's the quality of mindfulness right now? Is there a sense of leaning forward in the moment? Oh, what I'm going to say? Or is this just this resting in being here right now? Pausing. And meeting that pause with relax.
and coming back into this moment. And just noticing the reverberations of the dialogue you've just had. As you pause, what's the mind like right now? Is it vibrating? Is it calm? And when you practice relax, is it, what's it like to meet it with a sense of acceptance? It's like this right now. What we're going to do now is we're going to invite you into a contemplation. So we're also going to practice this quality of investigation. And relax is really helpful when we are noticing stress, tension in the body-mind. So the invitation is to reflect on what it, what's it like when there's an absence of someone whom you really want to be in your life the absence of the wanted, the loved, and the stress that might come up from that. And the Buddha also talked about the presence of the unwanted relating to people that we don't love and the stress that can come out of that. As you pause right now, notice the effects of just hearing these words and this invitation. And really stay close to the guidelines. And let especially relax support you as you notice the images come up, memories perhaps that you might want to share with your meditation partner. Pause and relax. So the invitation is to reflect on the presence of the unwanted, the unloved perhaps in your life, or the absence of the loved, the wanted. And speak from something that's really alive for you right now as you are supported by the pause and meet that pause with relax.
you might, you might notice the activation of the body-mind just this moment. Any forward push of the conversation. It's, it's just the human experience, you know. The presence and the absence and the response of the heart, of the mind. And the work now is to let this strengthen and challenge your practice of insight dialogue, of pausing, of mindfulness. When we come close to the feelings and the thoughts, and they get activated, it's possible that they run away. What's it like to pause? to come home, come home to this moment, to the body, to the mind states and knowing what they are. And yet remaining close to this tender human experience, not pushing it away in a pause, not running away from how things actually are. But we pause and we say, ah, it's like this right now. But when it's like this, and this is agitated or uncomfortable or even exciting, how do we meet it? The pause is the mindfulness, the relax is the receive, the allow. It's the relationship with that which is known. Pause, relax. So we'd like to give you more time to continue this contemplation, the presence of the unwanted or the unloved and the absence of the wanted or the loved. It's a classical teaching by the Buddha on this aspect of dukkha, of stress or suffering. But let your practice be primary. You can have a good conversation anytime but to have a chance to practice meditation means to give priority to the concentration of relax and the mindfulness of pause. Let that support you and let your partner's practice support you. Pause, relax, accept. settling back and pausing again. What's it like right now? Feeling the body, noticing what's going on in the mind. What's the attitude in the mind right now? 
How are all the sensations that you are aware of as you pause? How are they met? And knowing that you can bring in that quality of relax. So I'd like to invite you now to offer your gratitude to your meditation partner. So inviting you to settle onto your throne, find a comfortable body position. And we're going to offer another guideline of inside dialogue. And before we start, please open your eyes for a moment and decide who's going to be the speaker and who's going to be the listener. So we have that out of the way. Then an invitation to pause again. Feeling the body. Noticing the mind. What's it like right now, in this moment? And inviting you very specifically to start noticing the place where the body is making contact with the chair, with the cushion. And to very specifically pause there. So noticing the behind touching and receiving all those sensations of hardness, of touching and pause there and meeting those bodily sensations with the quality of relax. really focusing our lens of mindfulness just there and it's okay if the mind wanders off it's never too late for the present moment just come back feeling your behind touching the chair the cushion and now inviting you very slowly to include into your pause into your mindfulness to notice the upper legs and include the knees feeling the behind the lower legs the thighs and the knees and inviting you to open up even further and noticing the lower legs feeling the calves, noticing the shins, opening. Inviting you to very slowly include your feet into your field of awareness. The whole lower part of the body is being known in this moment.
and knowing that you can return to feeling the lower part of the body every time the mind wanders off. It's okay. Open. And now noticing also the belly. So you're feeling the lower part of the body, but you're including the belly. Including the lower back. That whole lower part of the body is filled with mindfulness. Noticing the chest and the upper back, including receiving all those sensations with relax. Noticing the shoulders, including the shoulders and the whole lower part. Including the neck. Now opening up and feeling the whole head as well. Noticing the back of the head, the crown. Noticing the face. And the eyes and the jaw, all included. And then including your awareness also the arms, the upper arms, the elbows, forearms. And lastly, include the hands into that whole field of loving awareness. open. Noticing the whole body the way it is. And inviting you now to open even further, staying connected with the body, including sounds. opening up to the arising and passing away of sounds, of the bodily sensations. Open. Resting. I'm inviting you now to notice what it's like to very gently open your eyes, just gaze down. So there's this awareness of the body, of the sounds, but there's also sights and forms simply being known into the totality of experience. What's it like to really open, noticing the body, mindfulness internally, noticing hearing and seeing, mindfulness externally. 
open. It's like this. And I'm inviting you now to open your eyes and make contact with your meditation partner. Eye contact, just for a few moments. What's it like feeling the body, noticing the sounds, and seeing this other person? All happening, all being known. Is mindfulness internally, mindfulness externally? And then there's this between right now, this space in between, the two of you being known. Noticing perhaps reactivity. What's it like to meet that with relax? As you're open right now. And I'm inviting you now to very gently close your eyes again. And to come home to very specifically the body first. this movement from opening wide into opening to a smaller space, establishing mindfulness internally, feeling the body. And very gently going back to that place we started with, noticing contact with the chair, with the cushion. like this right now. So we are inviting you now to practice the guideline and inside dialogue called open. Without losing, pause and relax. But to really pay keen attention to open and how that can support us. So the invitation to you, speaker, is to really notice what's it like to open and to speak to your experiences internally into your body. So you pause there and you perhaps share that with your partner. But also to speak to what it's like to open up into this space of the relationality and to notice what it's like to be in contact. And perhaps also to speak to what is noticed as you're speaking, as you're seeing that other partner right in front of you, seeing her eyes, seeing his face. So the invitation speaker is to speak from the moment using open, either to talk about what's happening internally within yourself, what you're noticing externally in your partner, but perhaps also to speak to, as you pause, to what's happening in the in-between. What's it like? And listener, 
the invitation for you is to open to, to notice the body, to notice what it's like to receive what the speaker generally, generously shares, and to notice your body internally, the speaker externally, and the in-between. Pause, relax, and open. inviting a pause back into mindfulness internally, noticing the body, noticing if there's any tension in the body. What's it like to meet that with relax? And also pausing and noticing what's, what's going on in the mind, the mind vibrating it easeful after interacting. And finally, just checking in with the quality of mindfulness itself. How does it feel? Does it feel continuous, interrupted? Pause. So now we're going to switch and the listener becomes the speaker and the speaker the listener. So speaker, the invitation is to practice mindfulness internally and to share your experiences, the body perhaps, and the mind, and to invite you also to speak to your experiences externally as you see your meditation partner. And to speak to your experiences in that space that's in between. Mindfulness internally and externally, both. Take your time. This is meditation practice. And listener, for you the invitation to receive with relax and to receive practicing open, feeling the body, but also noticing what's being shared by your partner externally and noticing the space in between. So the invitation to you both is to pause, is to relax, and to practice open. And notice that you can open wide and then you can also close again. Let your practice and your partner support you.
as we remove the form of taking turns, the guideline open takes on a uh, kind of a, a real poignancy because you're in interactive practice. So it's open meets open, you know? So we're going to keep the contemplation itself very simple. It's just noticing when is mindfulness established internally and you can name what's noticed. Noticing when mindfulness is established externally with the other or something in the room or the sound. Any sense of out there-ness, in here-ness. Noticing that movement. And you might notice and you might even invite what's it like and what's the experience as the body-mind relaxes and both internal and external are known simultaneously this body sitting as you hear or this space in between or this sense of me and of you at the same time so there's just this open awareness and internal and external are both arising simultaneously into this moment of awareness, into being known. Mindfulness internally, externally, and inviting the both and watching the movement. Sometimes it's one way, sometimes another. And the invitation with open, pause, relax, open, is to also investigate, aha, uh -huh, how could it be to know all of this internally and externally, self and other, just as it rises and vanishes here and now, constantly emerging, constantly vanishing, and naming it together. Pause. Relax. Open. Noticing the quality of mind right now as the speaking continues. What's known by mindfulness right now? Thoughts internally, perhaps sounds externally. Perhaps the body sitting internally. Perhaps this voice externally. And 
when you pause and relax, let down, let go, can you also invite open the expansiveness that it's all known together? The body sitting and this voice and the sounds. The whole, the totality really. So we'd like to continue with this same contemplation, noticing opening itself, the internal, the external, and both, but with the encouragement to really um, give care to the pause. Take your time. If you find yourself talking continuously, there's a very good chance that you're... um, engaged in conceptuality or perhaps just uh, storytelling, really let your meditation practice support you. Invite a curiosity. What is it? What does this mean to be mindful internally and externally both? What was the Buddha talking about? And not to, you know, be bothered if the mindfulness settles mostly internally one moment and then on the other externally the next, but to keep inviting and being curious about both. What is this? What is this? This relationality. Now. In actuality. In this pause. In this moment with the other. Take your time. Pause, relax, open, open. So just wondering, what have you noticed? What have you noticed in practice? You've, we've moved through pause and relax and open. We haven't spoken too much about them, uh, especially relax and open. Any um, observations? You could ask questions, I suppose, but I think it's also interesting to just hear what you've noticed in your experience. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, on a side note, I'm always really loud, and every time I've been with a partner, they've been like, it's hard to hear you, and I don't know if I'm overcompensating mm. by being here and feeling like I have to be really quiet or something, but um, 
I was comparing it also to my day-to-day -day conversation, and one particular thing I noticed was that I have the habit, uh, like I think many people do, of when I'm listening, I'm already forming my response, and the and that, that's very hard for me to break. And the way that openness, the way I used openness, I wasn't sure if this was a good way to use it, but I decided to focus on the body of the person that's speaking and not making judgments on what their body was doing, but just bringing in the awareness of just, okay, they're doing this so that I'm able to sort of focus all of my energy on them. And what I also noticed it did is that normally because I'm thinking of my answer, I'm also then waiting for like them to pause so that I can like jump in with my <laughs> thoughts. And so because I was really observing my partner I was able to sort of see that, okay, this isn't a pause where it's my turn. This is just a pause where she's thinking and then another time where it's like, okay, she's, I think she's done. It seems as if she's done. And now I can talk, uh, hopefully not about what I was yeah, thinking right. of, but yeah, that's right. hard. So yeah, yeah. that was good. Yeah, thank you. Hi, I just want to say, I mean, these aren't like new thoughts, but I'm just really noticing how like I don't do them. Like I've gone to a lot of programs and classes and things that, you know, emphasize slowing down, pausing, looking within, but it's like taken for me a lot of effort to, you know, so like I'm like thinking, okay, pause, okay, relax. I have to say my initial reaction when you said to relax is like, how can I relax? There's so many horrible things happening in the world. That was like the first thought in my head. So like I noticed that, which uh, made me kind of sad initially. And then I just had this feeling like I need to relax, you know, to really be present with everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm really glad you said that, la that last piece because one can have the notion that pausing and relaxing is disconnecting from things and saying, you know, I'm going to pause and relax because I need to get away from all this. But how can we actually be present, as you just said? How can we actually meet experience if we're locked up in the busy mind and in stress? So that's really an important thing. I appreciate that you that you got that. Um, something for me that, that was pretty striking was the, um, the just looking at your partner initially because that I found very powerful and very intense. Yeah. And, you know, there's sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, you know, because then you're trying to read the other person, you see they're reading, you, you know, there's this back and forth of like what's going on there. And then you kind of have to drop it to really feel more comfortable and just, or be comfortable with the discomfort, I mm -hmm. guess is probably the best way. Mm -hmm. It's an uncomfortable sensation of, you know, someone you don't know trying to understand how they're perceiving you without any words, I guess mm. is, is the best way to describe mm. it. Mm. But it was good too, because it's, I, I guess it is. It's just being comfortable with discomfort, having that exercise, mm -hmm. and, and from a visual sense rather than from a talking sense mm -hmm. or a touching mm -hmm. sense, um, 
that I, I, I find helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. It's not entirely pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi. Um, I found it necessary to sort of cloud my vision, to dull my vision, so that I, when I began to be aware of other sensations, sounds, um, so, I, so I didn't go out and meet it and make a story out of it. And I didn't spend my time concentrating on the other person. I was trying to see how it feels to pause and be in my own body, my own experience. And if I was looking at them with my concentration, I was there, which is what I do in my life. Um, so, as opposed to here, which is not my life. Um, <laughs> so the exercise for me, in order to make it work for me, I found it really helpful to sort of, it's not dull, but you know. Soften. Soften my, and I off, even in the hearing, there's a softening that happens which seems to bring me back here as opposed to going out to meet, meet the story. Uh-huh. And, and did you have any experience also of, of both where you could feel the body sitting, let's say, and, and be aware of the other, just, yeah. I did that too. That, but maybe because it was so uncomfortable, I did it for a little while, and then I went back and said, yeah. okay, I'm I was being obedient. I'm also supposed to be aware of what's going on internally, so I escaped back to, it yeah. felt like an escape back, actually, to tell you the truth, now mm -hmm. that I say it out loud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am Jennifer. I, am, I was struck by your use of the word, um, stress as being analogous or part and parcel of the Buddha's <clears throat> first noble truth of suffering. Because stress is a buzzword here in the States or in New York and I appreciated it. I never really quite thought of that. And I also just wanted to note, wow, this is really powerful stuff. Um, especially um, the second meditation where the um, the instruction was to open in addition to relax and pause, which I'm happy to have done just now. Mm -hmm. um, how powerful it is to be with someone different from you I just had an amazing experience, which started out very uncomfortable, it seems, for both the partner and me. And I am so grateful that this partner had the openness and in this safe space, too, to acknowledge the second time around um, her discomfort with me. And, I, and then I said, whoa. Thank you, because I actually had discomfort with you too. And then with that, there was an opening up and a softening and a connection. And by the end, for me, there was a feeling of, of an us. Mm -hmm. And well, actually a sense of angel's wings mm -hmm. hugging us both. There was an us. So there was a dilution of the space mm -hmm. between self and other. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. I have just some 
just logistical question, I guess, that came up in both of my sits, and maybe there is no instruction around this, but when one person is speaking, um, the other, the listener, uh, is it okay to sort of nod, to smile in agreement, to, and then even to ask a clarifying question, or, you know, are you, I think I'm almost conflating like different classes that I've been to here, mm -hmm. but you know, um, what, what's the instruction around that or do, do you just do what you feel like? Mm. Well, um, it's probably best not to ask clarifying questions because the mind would maybe begin to proliferate that into something else and in the listening to really stay with, it's kind of a, privilege that you have when someone is speaking, giving you the opportunity to just attend to, in this case, let's say relax and open, uh, they're providing, if you will, the field of practice for you, generously speaking and being there and manifesting so that you can explore internally, externally, and both as they speak with no obligation to for social uh, contracts, right? So let go of the contracts. If a nod happens because it happens, no big deal. But you don't have to take care of them. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm really listening. I'm really taking care of you. You can let go of all of that. It's a gift. So receive the gift and cultivate your practice, right? And if, like I say, it, it's a natural thing, you know, that someone, let's say someone's saying, and then my daughter said something really mean and it hurt. And it's like, you know, so sure, the eyes are going to empathically reveal that you've heard that and that you're a human being and you're responsive. But also you don't have to, mm, yeah, I know, you know, and you, it's, it's done with. It's just meditation. Yeah. So uh, if, was there other, um, so I want to, if I might just make a, offer a, a reflection right now from what I just heard in case this is helpful to you um, and then say something about our lunchtime. Um, you know, the, the, the urge to speak and fill the spaces or the um, question about you know the responsiveness and the awkwardness sometimes the um, how do I do this the discomforts that come with being face to face with another um, basically if you you know look at just what we're doing we're simply sitting here speaking and another person speaks and there's listening and it's really very simple. And we could ask, why, why do these things come up? Why do the discomforts come up or the feeling of pressure or any awkwardness? Why, why do we respond this way? And I, I won't go into it now, but just to touch into a couple of key points so that they can move through your own body-mind as you take this time hopefully of silence and or at least peacefulness during lunch. 
over the millions of years of evolution where humans, you know, it was being decided would humans survive or not. We're so much weaker and slower than other creatures. How did we survive? We survived because we cooperate, because we work together. It's the only way. And the brain evolved to favor those that could read the minds of others and thereby work together, communicate. And all of the aspects of power and dominance come into that. But so do all the aspects of altruism, compassion, and love. The body, the mind, the whole system is designed to vibrate with the presence of others. It's built in. So just the looking, we have special circuits in the brain for facial recognition. Our capacity to hear the voice, we'll be talking about listening and speaking in just a little bit, to hear in the voice so much information that we don't even know we're getting. It's astonishing how sensitive, how astute, how naturally intelligent and capable, capable we are but it also means we really vibrate with all of this. It can lead us into incredible trouble. It can also be extremely powerful. In Inside Dialogue, we're harnessing that power both to abandon what's unwholesome in terms of you know, all of the fears and desires and fixing, fixing and making and becoming and all those things we do that create so much tension and stress. But we're also cultivating the wholesome so that we can actually um, harness this uh, sensitivity to bring an incredible steadiness and strength to mindfulness tremendous concentration when we both touch the moment together because all of this is active now in this moment of interpersonal contact. All of that sensitivity, all of the power of language, all of the nuance brings us to this moment and, and really develops tremendous steadiness and strength of mind. And maybe we can begin to see the constructing processes at work in a very basic way. Maybe we can begin to be free from all of the ties that bind us. So, you know, all of what you're discovering, the difficulties and the rewards, flow out of this very powerful dynamic. We'll have some time for sitting now. And as you sit, I'd like to encourage you not to try to enter into any kind of meditative trance, but to just actually be with this experience now. The body is like this. You had lunch. It feels like this in the belly. Maybe you had a good conversation and the mind feels like this. 
It's like this to be hearing all these noises now. The full texture of this experience. And the sati, the mindfulness, is the remembering that you're aware of it. Not only is there hearing, but you know you're hearing. You're aware of it. What's that like? Sound touches the ears. And the whole body-mind vibrates. Thoughts touch the mind. Bodily sensations touch. And the awareness just receives, receives. body is sitting. And maybe for just this moment, The mind can rest with all of this without resistance, without grabbing. It's like this right now. And the body is breathing. Each breath, just like each sound, rising and vanishing, rising and vanishing, constantly surging and disappearing. This is the foundation of our practice. There's no separate personal and interpersonal practice. There's only the changing moment. And cultivating the awareness and the steadiness steadiness of the heart, steadiness of the mind.
before we um, continue on with our practice, I'd like to speak a little bit about about the practice, about the guidelines, and so on. Um, perhaps to give a sense of uh, you know confidence of why we're doing what we do, some sense of how you know how this is uh, intended to work in terms of our meditation practice. When we practice together, even on a short retreat or if we just have a weekly group um, or, of course, longer retreats, we need a foundation from which to um, bring really a true meditation practice into the challenges of interpersonal contact. So the Insight Dialogue Guidelines have a purpose, and it's to help clarify and aim the mind and reorient towards um, real meditation practice, even when we have this quite nuanced, complex, and even challenging uh, uh, fact of interpersonal contact. Because if you think about it, given all this amazing sensitivity we have to each other, it makes a lot of sense that the interpersonal would be left out of meditation so that meditation can be a time of just calming and not providing all of that uh, complexity so that mindfulness can be established in a simple way. I completely agree with that. What that points to, though, for me, is rather than not do um, meditation with others, it says why the foundation is the silent individual practice so that we can actually refine the, the experience of what it is to be mindful, what it is to actually feel like. How do we do it? How does it, uh, you know, what's it like when I wake up a little bit? It has a certain feeling to it in the mind and the body and you begin to know that, and you begin to work with it skillfully in your own practice. And likewise, with concentration, tranquility, to really enjoy the simplicity of internal silent practice and have that be a time where you not only explore how the mind gets agitated by its own thoughts and so on um, and can calm down a little bit, but to, as that calming deepens, really explore new terrain of the human experience when the mind is deeply tranquil and calm and still alert. The point is, of course, that this is liberating, that we see through the patterns, the blindness, the fabricating processes of the body-mind, the, all the things that are hidden from us un under normal circumstances. But consider, if you will, that we can perhaps bring exactly that quality of perceptivity, of inquiry, of sharpness and, and balance into this place where so much is hidden from us of interpersonal contact. And likewise, that the interpersonal contact 
surprisingly, can strengthen the sati, strengthen the mindfulness, and strengthen the concentration, make it even more penetrating. So the uh, meditation guidelines, the insight dialogue guidelines, are a way of bringing those meditative elements, those meditation qualities, into the interpersonal in a way that we can get a handle on them, in a way that they can be remembered, skillfully worked with, and brought forth where they're most needed and how they're most needed. So the logic is actually very simple. We begin with pause because without mindfulness, nothing will happen except the continued flow of habit. That's it. Bottom line, nothing will happen without mindfulness. Right? And that pause is the mindfulness or the sati, the remembering. Remembering awareness, remembering what we're doing here and why we're doing it. Remembering that I'm paying attention to what's happening as it's happening. And it's a letting go of wherever the habit mind was attached. So when we practice it, this is the important thing about understanding the guidelines generally. When we practice it, there's a real intentionality to draw on this simple word, pause, and to act from it, to take it as guidance we give to ourselves. We say mentally, pause. And maybe we remember, remember to stop or to slow down. Maybe it helps us let go of the clinging to those thoughts and emotions that we're rushing forward in the moment of interpersonal contact, where it's so exciting, so dynamic, so enticing and alluring to fall in to the activity without mindfulness. That's why pause is so simple. Pause. Maybe the pause happens in time. Maybe it takes no time because mindfulness is right there ready to happen. You just offer the pause. Fine. Here it is. I'm awake. Right? But when we meet experience, when we actually wake up to how things are, well, hello, it's not always, it's not always easy in this world. Things are not always calm simple, the way we want them to be. So we may find, of course, the physical tensions and relax points to very simply the word relax. Well, we can relax. We can relax the fist. We can sometimes relax the belly or the jaw or the eyes. We can sometimes relax the lips or the, or the throat. So we do that. Great. Sometimes we can't. And sometimes we'll be with another person or just with one of our own thoughts because you can use these guidelines in, in silent practice as well. And it, it's, you know, there's, a, there's a sense of agitation and it's not leaving. You can pause or you can come, say, come back to the breath or whatever you do all you want and you're in agitation, right? So relax, of course, is receive and allow. It's the quality of the sati, the mindfulness. It's how mindfulness meets experience. Receiving, allowing, not getting into the wrestling match. The point is with the guideline, we practice it. 
we can draw it in and that makes it available to us in the interpersonal, not just in the simplicity of the internal. So here we have this mindfulness, this tranquility and concentration, pause, relax. But now we're engaging with the world. We're engaging with each other. We're engaging with the totality of experience. And so open is the extension of pause, relax into this breadth. It's the spatial extension, the attentional extension. And so now pause, relax is available relationally. It's in this space between. And again, same dynamic. Because it has a simple word, when we recall it, if we've done practice, right, if we've really learned what open is, then when we offer it to ourselves, we can key into it, we can do it, we can engage with open. Even when, you know, let's say being with another person, oh, your story is so interesting, and I fall into your story, and it's just external, I've completely lost the center here, right? That can happen. So open can sometimes mean coming back, right? Or it can mean the opening out into the totality and so on. But we know that we, we know how to work with it. We're skillful. So our meditation can be brought in to this challenging situation. And when the mind is wide and open and alert and steady in the world, what do we find? Well, the world is constantly changing. It's a dynamic world. Internally, this mind. Externally, you and everything that's going on and in this relationship and in the totality of my, even my professional life or whatever, if you want to get that big, or the universe. It's all the same thing. It's impermanent. It's vibrating. So if we're aware of it, and we're trying to fixate or freeze it or control it, we're going to suffer and our meditation is going to fall off a cliff. So pause, relax, open, trust emergence. Let go into that flow. Notice the impermanence. Don't fight with it. Don't try to freeze it. Don't try to control. Allow the mind to not know. As a meditation instruction, when we offer trust emergence, it's a recollection to attune to that impermanence, to say, hmm, in this pause, noticing the vibrating, changing nature, it becomes the object of meditation rather than a problem. All this dynamic quality of life, we can be in a dialogue, and maybe you just said something that was really either exciting to me or I feel insulted or there's some real friction between us. Trusting emergence is an opportunity to sort of notice, whoa, this is a really, you know, uh, tumultuous almost experience being with this person now. I don't like it. Well, what happens to meditation when you don't like it? If you're sitting alone in silence, there's every chance you'll blitz out. You'll just, you'll just check out, say, you know, go off to your Bahamas vacation or something like that, right? But in inside dialogue, you're with another person. You check out. They're going to know it. You're going to know it. Good luck trying to escape so easily. You want to escape. 
maybe try another type of practice. But in that moment of that dynamic moment, trust emergence reminds me, wow, I don't control this at all. And you can notice the impermanence, the vibrating quality, the moving quality of it on any time scale. On the time scale of changes in your relationships and your career, trust emergence. You don't control it anyway. And on moment by moment by moment, pause, and there's the change. There's the emergence. And you notice that. You attune to that. And having this guideline, this meditation instruction that helps us key into it, allows us to be skillful. Over time, we get skillful with it. So here we are in this situation all together. Pause, relax, open, trust emergence, and it's like this now. So now we can talk intelligently, meaningfully, about speaking the truth, about listening deeply. So now we can actually know that when I speak, that the sati is, I know how to access mindfulness. That in this moment, when you're speaking, I can really uh, uh, think seriously about how can I listen and really maintain a meditation practice. Not just do good emotional listening, where I fall into identification and you fall into your identification and we do the usual social dance. But I mean real meditation that knows the nature of things, where the, co the concentration and the mindfulness continue to ripen and strengthen. Speak the truth. Listen deeply. So all of these guidelines work together so that we can create a practice that has balance, strength, adaptability, and you might say just a continuation, a continuation of the exact same qualities we seek in our silent individual practice. And like, like our silent practice, the purpose is exactly the same. It's to free the mind, to know things as they actually are, to give the mind a chance to be with that in such a way that we can loosen the grip and genuinely let go, genuinely be free. From that, of course, comes all of the things that we would seek behaviorally, like being kinder, because we're not so stuck in our angers and our fears. Compassion arises naturally because we're paused, relaxed, and opened, and this other person is vibrating in front of us, and we feel. The empathic response is unimpeded. We're right here together in this human experience. But we don't train for behavior. This is not a communications practice. It's not a relationship improvement practice. It's a meditation practice that frees the heart. And the guidelines support us in maintaining the meditative basis out of which these other good things actually come for free. 
So the guidelines have a purpose, and that's, you know, that's the general workings of it. They key into and help us remember. Okay? That's what we're doing. Well, that's not the whole thing, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's a sense of, of uh, you know, some of the structures or some of the, some of the map. So why don't we move on to um, this next uh, meditation instruction of trust emergence, which is really quite beautiful and powerful. Um, You know, I teach a lot of retreats, and people say to me either, that was the one I didn't get, or, or they say, that is the one that absolutely nailed me, and that's the one I've taken back into my life. Because you can always do it, you can always use it. You know, someone dies, trust emergence. You know, someone says, "Here's the papers. I'm suing you." Trust emergence. Someone says, uh, "You know, you took my parking space. You creep." You know, you're how how are you going to bring yourself to be present with all of the turmoil of life? Imagine if you could just remember to notice the quality of change itself rather than fall into reaction. What a great thing. Rather than trying to control and fixate. So, groups of two? Yeah, great. Let's do that. And um, after you find someone that you're going to practice with, we'd like to offer just a moment for the body to help you wake up a little bit because, you know, lunch, yeah, it's warm. warm. Yeah, I saw a few heads kind of. Uh, so uh, we'll try to uh, offer a little bit of that and we can open the windows again at that point. And um, so we'll see you in just a moment. Find a partner first though, okay? And uh, I want to reiterate, during the body movement that is going to be offered, use the restrooms and so on there during that time. Don't wait till the end and everybody go at once because then there's these long lines. It's kind of silly. All right? Thanks. And if you could, uh, in these transitions, try to maintain your mindfulness, maybe not get involved in conversations and so on. So you have a first speaker. And once again, just noticing the body is sitting. And even in this, in this simplicity of sitting, begin to notice the impermanence of experience right now. 
changing bodily sensations from movement and stillness. Still changing, not in the past, but now. The changing of the sounds. Sound itself is change. Without change, there is no sound. Without change, there is no sensation whatsoever. Without change, there is no thought, no perception. Noticing that right now, is there anything in your experience at all that's not changing if you look closely enough? Take a moment to check that out. It's exactly this attuning the mind to the impermanence and to the change that is part of this next meditation instruction, Trust Emergence. You can attune the mind to the impermanence. You can look for it. And it brightens the mind. It strengthens the mindfulness, the pause. What's impermanent that you're noticing right now? Trusting emergence, yielding, allowing, surrendering to the impermanence. You can't control it anyway. You can't control the constant outflows of the mind or the world, internally or externally. Constantly rising and vanishing beyond our control. Maybe touch this sense of no control. I don't control this. I can't even control my body from aging or getting sick. Check it out. Try and do that right now. Stop aging. You. Try to make your mind stop thinking. I'll give you one minute. And if you succeeded, raise your hand. Trust emergence. There's mindfulness. There's receiving, allowing, relaxing. There's opening. And now in the way things actually are, trust emergence. Attune to that sense of change and allow it. Surrender to the absence of control. Flow with the stream rather than try to stop it. Trust emergence. So when we use this meditation instruction, trust emergence, we're actually invoking it and attuning the mind 
in this way, towards receiving and accepting the change, towards flowing with rather than trying to arrest or control or simply be ignorant of this dynamic quality of experience, trust emergence. We enter each dialogue with trust emergence in the sense of no agenda. We enter this moment, this moment, this moment of our lives knowing no control. And as I'm speaking, do I know everything I'm going to say? Is it all completely, thoroughly planned out? Or am I in that emergence? As I'm listening, have I finished the other person's sentence for them? Because I'm so smart. Do I really stay at the edge of their unfolding speaking voice as I'm listening? Or do I sort of grasp it, I know what they're going to say, and I turn off? Trust emergence. Come back to the edge of the moment. Trust emergence. Don't know mind. I don't know what's coming up next. What am I going to say? What's going to happen? What's my partner going to say? What's going to happen even in my life? Don't know mind. Trust emergence. Letting yourself sit in the flow of experience yielding to the flow, to the rising and the vanishing, the rising and the vanishing. Trust emergence. So the first speaker is invited to simply notice what happens when you practice this and name it. In other words, look for the impermanence and you can just notice, oh, this sensation in my knee is constantly shifting. But even as I'm speaking now, it's faded. And I don't know what I'm going to say next. And the mindfulness, it, even my mindfulness is changing right now. And so on. The actual emergent experience with you attuning to the impermanence, in tuning, attuning to the fact that you don't know what's coming next, and giving voice to this moment-by-moment -moment experience. But take your time. Let there be plenty of pauses to really feel that sense of surrendering to the rising and surrendering to the advanishing. Let the pause relax, open, support you. Take your time. And listener, of course, you're constantly attuning and reattuning to the don't know mind. You don't know what the person opposite you is going to say. Maybe they won't even finish their sentence. They don't have to. 
noticing the impermanence in your own body, in the relational experience. Trust emergence. coming back into this moment. Tuning into this constant change. Is it possible to trust that process? Befriend it. Tune into it. Be part of that process. Coming and going, moment after moment. Notice if it's happening quickly or slowly. Trusting in permanence is like this. So we're going to switch roles now, so the speaker becomes the listener, and the listener the speaker. So speaker, the invitation to you is to speak from that place of emergence. As you pause, and as you open. Not knowing, not knowing, speaking from the moment is like this. And listener, the invitation is to just receive. What's it like to just receive? Nothing to do with what you receive, nothing to have. nothing to identify with, just as receiving. Ah, trusting emergence. is mindfulness right now as you pause and you kind of check the quality of the awareness right now what's it like now what about this quality of concentration to feel steady is the mind vibrating right now Calm. 
So we're going to let go of the form of a listener and a speaker. And now the invitation is to the two of you to trust emergence. Trusting whom's going to speak first. Trusting what you're going to say. From this place of not knowing, the don't know mind. How does that feel? Is it freeing? Is it making you feel trapped? Let the practice support you and let this community of wise companions support you. We can only do this together. So inviting you now to trust emergence together in this moment. coming home to the body. Pausing. Relaxing. Opening. Trusting emergence. So soon we're going to invite you to contemplate a very powerful teaching, a key teaching of the Buddha. It's about the second noble truth, the origin of suffering, of stress. And the Buddha talked about three cravings, three hungers. He talked about the hunger for pleasure or the hunger to uh, avoid unpleasant feelings, experiences as an origin for suffering. But he also talked about a hunger that could be translated as a hunger to be seen, a hunger to be. Finally, he talked about a hunger to be unseen, this hunger to not be as the cause of suffering. So we are going to invite you to reflect on that second hunger, that hunger to be seen. And to really, really invite you to keep meditating. So to use the guidelines, to pause as you reflect on this hunger to be seen, to be. How does it manifest within you as you contemplate it, as you feel it, 
the hunger to be seen as a good teacher, a skillful parent, a loyal colleague, a faithful spouse. This hunger manifests in so many ways. Notice already what's going on in the mind right now as you trust emergence, perhaps seeing all kinds of images, stories coming up. Pause. It's a powerful teaching. And now you have the opportunity with the support of your meditation partner and this practice to really feel what is the Buddha, what is the Buddha talking about? What does it mean? The hunger to be seen. So inviting you to pause as much as needed and to see if you can speak from this place of not knowing. Trusting emergence. Noticing the mind right now, like a slice from an MRI scanner, what's noticed? When we engage these deep Dhamma teachings, like this bhavatanha, this hunger to become, this hunger to be something, to survive, to exist, when we touch something that powerful, we need the practice to support us, or it simply you know, becomes the mind trying to think its way through, or the emotions tumbling forward. The wisdom element needs the meditation element to really blossom. So take your time. Give yourself and give your partner the gift of the pause and in the pause really sit with what's true. This bhava tanha, a hunger to be something, a hunger to exist, to become more or better. So much good comes out of it, like, you know, the Henry Kravis wing at the museum or the such and such wing at the hospital. And so much bad. Look at me and my power, and I have power over you, and I become by suppressing you, and, you know, self-obsession and fame and all this kind of stuff. It's, it, it's the, whole, the whole shoot and match. 
of how we strive to exist and to become. But the way we exist, because we're relational beings, is by being seen. I exist because you see me. But what happens when that's true? You just become a pair of eyes for me. That's all. But what is the felt sense of this truth of this uh, urge to be seen, to become, to be accepted, to be loved, to be um, something, to survive. Touch that essence. Let the pause relax, open, and trust emergence. If it's tumultuous, still touch the mindfulness. Touch the impermanence. Trust emergence. Let your practice support you. Take your time. So noticing the activity of the body-mind, any forward push of speech or thought, and can the mind just touch this moment? Just feel the rising and vanishing of experience right now, the constant upwelling and fading away of thought. So we'll give you just a few more minutes with this contemplation before we gather together as a group. So really take your time to touch what would be said that comes from the pause. not from anything that you've planned to say or what you were just saying, but that comes fresh now. Just what's true now. What's emergent now. Can we speak? Can we listen while we meditate? Even given the full force of these powerful contemplations offered by the Buddha. The hunger to exist, to be something, to become. I am. I will be. Please see me. And I do all kinds of things to be seen, to exist. Pause into this emergence. Take your time.
So noticing mindfulness in this moment again. No need to do mindfulness, just to be. And for a moment, opening your eyes, looking into the eyes of your meditation partner and offering him or her your gratitude without whom this practice would have not been possible. Thank you. And then returning back into the circle. So we have uh, a few minutes before I want to close with a short talk actually, but we wanted to see how your practice is going, both in terms of uh, trust emergence specifically and also just your sense of, you know, insight dialogue and working with the Dhamma and uh, any observations you might want to share generously with, uh, with each other. To focus inside um, the pause and yet still be very aware of what I'm saying and what my partner is saying. So I guess it takes training. I mean, yeah, it's a good, mm -hmm. very that's good point. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a really deeply important point because often when people begin this practice, they say, that's not possible. I can't do this. I can't be aware of myself and the other person and talk. This is ridiculous, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> but it's something that's learned. And if, you know, one could hearken back to when one first sat in silent meditation, what the mind was like. The untrained mind is a scary thing. <laughs> and here we are, untrained speakers, untrained uh, relators in terms of, you know, the real values of, of, of insight, of meditation. We're untrained. So, yeah, thank you very much for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that arose for me uh, during our dialogue was um, unbecoming, uh, you know, on, on the um, unbecoming on the sense of wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, is that um, that's something that I'm really working very deeply with right now, you know, within my own life and um, working with, you know, mm, what it feels like to be seen and heard and what it feels like when I'm not seen and heard and all that negative, that other negative sense of self. And I find that when I'm in that negative sense of self, it's much harder for me to function optimal, optimally then if I'm in this other sense of self where I feel heard and seen and uh, appreciated. So I'm having a little difficulty and I see that I need to put effort into being more into that more positive sense of self. So I'm actually putting effort into becoming more of that positive sense of, having that positive sense of self. So in a way, I'm reinforcing the sense of self. That's right. By yeah. my, what I'm doing, right? Mm -hmm. But I really feel like I can't function otherwise. Mm -hmm. 
that I, my functioning level is very poor yeah. unless I put that effort into being more of that positive sense of self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it kind of feels like a, a um, contradiction in terms of um, I am selfing and I am consciously selfing, as a matter of fact. I, I'm doing it on purpose. I hear you, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how to reconcile what I'm doing in my life right now and I feel I need to do in order to function. Yeah. And, and uh, the hunger for self that the Buddha talked about uh, leads to uh, suffering. Uh, I hear you, yeah. I'd like to answer or respond, if I may, in two ways. Uh, one is from the standpoint of meditation practice, the actual th thoughts and feelings and content of the conversation, of the reflection, um, is actually less important than how's the mindfulness knowing it as these thoughts and feelings are coming up, right? So when you're in conversation, let's say 20 minutes ago, and you're saying something to your meditation partner, you know, I feel a need to establish this sense of self because so on and so on. Is there a pause? Right? Right. Exactly. And why do you think? Why, why is there no pause there? Exactly. Brilliant. Your observations are perfect very mature. We fall in because of the push of that urge. We fall into the feeling of need and lack and wanting. And that's exactly what the dukkha, the suffering is, is that it's never okay. It's never full. It's always empty. It's always trying to get more. That's what craving hunger is. You've named it perfectly. And you've named its effect perfectly, which is no pause, completely I'm in the me that's having that wanting and needing. So the me that's wanting and needing, hey, welcome to the human race, dear one. You know, that's all of us. I don't think there's one person here who can claim, who would dare claim, oh, no, I, I'm beyond all selfing. That's, you know, it's just not the case. Do we continue to feed it and fall in to that urging and suffering? The pause, relax and receive. The opening in the, is a decentering of this fixation around self. And the emergence is the kind of that begins to dissolve in the impermanence. And still here we are and we're still at the boundary of where selfing is happening. It's a, it's a very powerful place to be to know the nature of the whole process, right? So from the meditation standpoint, we just do the work. We pause, relax, open, trust emergence, speak the truth, listen deeply, we meet each other, we deepen the practice, we sit in silence, we, we cultivate a capacity to meet this experience in a different way. 
And that's what meditation practice is. That's what we're doing here. Right? So right now, rather than try to um, resolve that issue of selfing and non-selfing and, and needs, if you just do the practice, then it begins to work itself out. You begin to discover because you're you're able to come into the moment of experience where the urging is happening, right? So what if while you were saying to your meditation partner, I have this need for the self to, you know, get fed some because it feels so empty that I can't find my footing, but, and then you pause, and you feel the, I don't know where you feel it. I feel those kinds of things a lot in the solar plexus. You know, if you feel what this experience is of that tension of emptiness and, right, and, and, and you feel like, you, oh, I really want to finish this sentence and finish telling this person, but you have the rigor, you pause, and here we are. And you sit with the fact of this experience now. That's the magical point. That's where meditation is freeing, liberating, right there. Do you see what I mean? That's, that's the es essence of the work. Absolutely not. It'll, it'll change by itself if you bring in the awareness and the love. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the Buddha didn't say there is no self. Hello? Like we have this sense, he says there's no self. He didn't. I don't say there is, I don't say there isn't. It's dependently arisen. It arises out of conditions, moment by moment. Yeah, there's a self, but now it's different, and now it's different, and now it's different. There's nothing. And vanishing. Right. So don't worry about trying to get rid of anything. Okay? It's just pushing yourself towards another kind of suffering. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It was really, really, really very beautiful of you to share so clearly and honestly. Yeah. Maybe just one or two more and then we want to close with a short talk. If there is any, if anybody does have anything to um, share that they've observed in their practice. Mm -hmm. Thanks. In this moment, tight right shoulder. Mm. And deep gratitude for, for the teachings, your teachings, and this container. Um, and my last partner especially. I, I have never heard the second noble truth described in such a way as you just described it in the instructions to us. And excuse my French, it scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share, because uh, for me, a, a sweet story that I'll never forget from this retreat. Um, 
that's grounded in actuality, mm. which is simply, so it's not just story, it's, I felt the need to disclose something to my uh, meditation partner, basically about that I don't go around yapping to most people. Um, and actually, I'll say it to everyone, that, that often I feel I'm terrified of feeling invisible. Huh. <laughs> um, and that my persona or personality often makes up for this, etc. And then I, when I was, I noticed before and during, and just after I said that, and was, and was naming it, the the felt experience of the butterflies, etc., in the stomach. And then I remembered your last instruction was, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but take your time. And thank God I remembered that. So I took just one deep breath in and one deep breath out. Just a single, mm -hmm. just a single one brought me right back into the moment into the body, and then I, into the here and now, feeling calm, feeling grounded, even though I had just said something that was scary. Then I looked down at my partner's watch, noticed that it said shock on it, and smiled, because I'm a word person, the, the thought that flew into my head, and I told my partner was, shock absorber and I, I thought wow and I said wow the practice as you said you called it a foundation for being able to deal with the turmoil of life etc when in relation but the practice is a shock absorber mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it helps ground us and keep us steady amidst all the minor and major shocks of lived and felt life. Thank you. Thank you and thank everyone. Mm -hmm. What's that? It's up to you. Um, no, if you wanted to, I just wanted to say one thing, and that was just st about stories. My partner and I were talking, and the language of meditating while you're talking was really helpful. It was doable, but it was very helpful to know that that was <laughs> sort of what I had in mind, what we, was, what we had in mind. And one of the reasons I, I, found, why I found it difficult was, and I, was, I felt like I was almost doing it. I was kind of noticing the things until I, I had the, until we had to talk about, as I talked about who I wanted to be, uh, or, or about being somebody, all these, I had this, this um, bunch of stories about that. And once I threw the stories in, it was over. Mm. And that's who I am when I'm talking. I'm full of stories. It's so difficult to have a conversation with somebody and not tell my stories. That's, wow. I am my stories. I hear you. Mm. And, you know, and, I, and my stories are funny, and my stories are long, and my stories are... <laughs> gossip and my stories are rich, you know, and that's who I am. And without the, for a minute before the story hit, we were having a conversation. We were having a moment. I was having a meditation. But, it's, and, but the language of, that you described helped me understand what just happened. So wow. I'm very appreciative of that. Wow, beautiful, beautiful, yeah.
Yeah. Wow. Great observation. Good. Well, you know, maybe that's uh, a good place from. Was someone else going to speak? Is that was. Okay. Maybe that's a good place from which to spend our last few minutes together. Um, I was going to say something about listening deeply and speaking the truth, the last two guidelines, so that tomorrow when we come in, uh, we can have a little short sit and then drop right into you know, the practice of those guidelines. Lunch will be a little bit later tomorrow because we need a space of time. Listen deeply, speak the truth is quite a tall order, you might say, uh, in the way of meditation. So uh, that's um, uh, that's why I'd like to at least begin to, to begin to introduce listening and speaking now. Um, perhaps telling stories is a good place to enter into listening and speaking because it is so much of the currency of of our communication and not infrequently I'm asked is it possible to you know tell these stories and still cultivate a meditation practice and without stories can we say anything at all I think those are really valid questions uh, the notion of simply ignoring the stories is, I think, naive and uh, possibly harmful because it denies this humanity. And we might say, okay, I'm a meditator. I don't deal with stories. Good luck, right? It's, 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 it, it, it's actually not sensible because the way we navigate the world is through the narrative of what is my life and where am I going and who are you to me? I'm married, I have a wife. If I don't have a story around my marriage, what is that? It's, 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 it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you know, to have children is to have stories. The sto not just because you have memories. I'm saying having children is a story. It's the other was it's what? It's moment-to-moment -moment existence, just like everything else. To have a job is to have a story. So you don't show up at work the next day. I'm sorry, I wasn't in my story. <laughs> right? Okay, well, fine. You're also not in your salary. <laughs> right? So it's, 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 it's a very interesting challenge that we've taken on to bring together the qualities of penetrative, uncompromising awareness and, and investigation that's, you know, strengthened by, by concentration and by the relational presence and so on, and to not bypass the humanity, right? How do, how do those come together? So this is really a useful place to talk about speak the truth and listen deeply. How can I speak the truth? What is true? 
in meditation what's true, not what's true out there in the world, the facts are the facts and this kind of thing. Speak the truth in meditation has to refer to the material, if you will, the field of what meditation is about. And meditation is about moment by moment experience, subjective experience. That's what's true. What's known as true can only be known by mindfulness. You can't know subjective experience any other way. It doesn't exist anywhere else except by your own observation internally. So to speak the truth is actually calling forth not just an intellectual consideration of is this true, not even just an emotional consideration of is this how I really feel or something like that. It's much, much deeper. It's actually touching all the way down into this moment of experience and investigating what is this experience now. And in all the complexity of this experience where I'm with you, where maybe I'm contemplating something really deep like the hunger to be or the hunger to get out of this life or death or joy or contentment, in this moment, in this moment of mindfulness, what's true? And it brings you right into this unfolding edge of this is where the humanity, this is where experience is like blossoming, like a, like a, uh, you know, you've got the, a volcano with its magma bubbling there. And this is where the mountains are born, right here. Right here where mindfulness knows what's true now. What do I speak? What do I speak? So in the whole universe of what could be spoken, let's say, let's say we're contemplating um, uh, aging, okay? And I bring forward that contemplation. I bring it into the mind. And I say, oh, wow. You know, and I think about the things that are happening to this body and all my bodily decay and complaints, or I think about the growth of wisdom, or I think about death, or I think about eventual incompetence and dependency, or I just feel the feeling in the body, oh, wow, yeah, you know, now I'm this old, I can feel that. Yeah, whatever, whatever the contemplation brings up, it's going to not be simple. That's the way penetrating teachings are. They penetrate the heart. So what's true? What do I speak? I can't speak the truth unless mindfulness can know it. So that means I'm in this moment, sort of really in this emergence, riding this wave of feelings and thoughts and stories and the whole works while I'm saying, what do I say now? What is true? And so I can look to the thinking mind and say, oh, these are my thoughts. This one has poignancy. This is the one I'll speak. And I, maybe I speak it. You know, maybe I say, yeah, 
my teeth are getting worse every year. Or, yeah, you know, my kids are getting older and I'm always the oldest person in the room now. In fact, I'm even the oldest person on the subway car when I go in there, you know. Thoughts. And that's good. Okay, so you're aware of your thoughts. There's mindfulness. And you speak. And while you're speaking, the mindfulness continues. Mindfulness of the physical act of the throat and the tongue and the teeth and the breath. And so now we've drawn a connection between the thinking mind with mindfulness, the physical act of speaking, and maybe we have a doorway in for speak the truth in meditation. But I have to be willing to come to the story of that created this thinking. Or maybe I touch down deeper. I touch down into the fear of the end game of aging. You know, the real decay of the body in that last month or two. Or if you're unlucky, in the last year or two. Or even longer for some people. Bless their dear hearts. And I sit with that. It's like, oh, wow. And I feel it. Maybe I feel the, the heart tremble or I feel the, the belly just gets empty. And I don't even know. It doesn't even have language. I'm just touching, you know, aging and I'm feeling the body in its response to this fear that's arisen, this concern about the decay. And it's a story. I'm meeting the fact of the story with mindfulness, I know this is unfolding, I know this is happening, but while it's happening, I'm touching this fabricating, constructed reality in a very intimate and wakeful way. I'm not just lost, I'm awake in it. So wisdom, the light of wisdom, can shine into all the conditioning. There's no pushing it away, you see what I'm saying? There's no denial of this humanity, of the story-making, of the fear, of the agitation that comes up when I touch the fear. It's all there, and it's met with the mindfulness, the receive, the accept, the allow, and I'm with you, and there's open, and we're in this relational moment. And so maybe some shape comes out of that, and I say, oh, that's what's true. And I maybe start saying, you know, I feel almost uh, kind of a, it's really a discomfort as I'm sitting here thinking about this aging and this eventual decay of this body, the real serious decay. And my belly just gets tight and, and I have a sense of emptiness and, and there's this fear, my mind states kind of shift and, and as I'm speaking now, I'm feeling that happening, you know, and you're really in the truth of it, but not without awareness. See what I'm saying? If I fall in and I just go on and on and I'm really scared and then someday this is going to happen and I just start spinning, then I'm in the normal way that we tell our stories, which is to say I'm identified with them. I've fallen into the story. And then I'm not meditating anymore, at least by my definition. I'm just thinking and talking and feeling and talking and having a good emotional conversation about my fear of, of the end game. See the difference? So speak the truth is that coming together of the awareness, which you might say is the unconstructed, 
and the constructed, which is the story. And there's enough stability as practice gets strong to dwell at that boundary. And it's at that boundary, that adjacency of awareness and the constructed, of knowing and story. At that boundary is where the constructed nature of it, the emptiness of it can be known. It's where the uh, liberating quality of awareness can sort of reveal the essential uh, fears and holding. And maybe something begins to let go. Maybe something begins to shift. But at the very least, my meditation practice continues. But now, here I am. I'm not meditating alone. I'm meditating with you, and you're listening. right? So how does the listening, listening deeply, how is that meditation? Right? So here we are. So now I'm the listener. Okay. So you've been telling me about this feeling in the belly and the aging and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm listening to this. Now, the way that I'm going to understand you is I respond by building that story in my mind so I can feel it and relate to it and then my heart can tremble. I can understand you, right? When I fall into that, the version of, for the listener of falling in, is that I completely go out and inhabit that story. I am so in the listening and so in the fabricating of my images as you speak that that becomes the reality. Mindfulness is gone. I don't know it's happening. It's just happening. And so it feels like me listening to you and there's a solidification of this sense of, you know, all these emotional reactions. Okay, it's kind listening, it's compassionate listening, but it's not meditation. I've fallen in. So again we see, okay, wait a minute, so the first step for listen deeply is the same as the first step for speak the truth, which is the pause, the non-clinging, the mindfulness. So there's a knowing, there's a remembering of awareness, even as it unfolds. Listen deeply, mindfulness. But, but, as you continue to speak and you say the next thing and you talk about now you're talking about something, of, you know, your knees are giving out or something. And uh, meanwhile, I then think, oh yeah, my knees are doing this thing too. And so now I move off into my, my own weaving of story that comes in the next moment or some other image or perhaps I just get bored with your story, you know, and I check out. Where's the meditation? That's just the equivalent in traditional vipassana. That's just wandering mind, right? But here we are. You're continuing to speak. My mind's wandering. Well, you might be meditating. I'm not, right? So... Now we're talking about a steadiness and continuity of practice. What is that continuity and steadiness in meditation? It's concentration. 
right? Staying, resting with the moment, with the object, with the actual experience. So now as a deep, now when I say to myself, listen deeply, I'm not only listening with this mindfulness that keeps re-inviting me to the remembering of awareness, remembering of the moment, remembering of the whole sense of what we're doing, not falling in, in other words, but there's also the concentration, the stability of mind, and staying with. So now, as you're speaking, I'm right there. I'm right on the emerging edge with you as this unfolds. So that mindfulness and concentration now make it possible even while listening to a deeply, deeply human expression for me to be rested in meditation with you, not cut off, not saying, oh, to concentrate, I have to shut this out and just focus on my breath. It's not like that. The concentration happens in this dynamic field right here. And the quality of listening can function on all kinds of levels. I can be listening to the music of your voice, not even worried about the words. I could be listening to the content and the intellect, you know, the, not the intellectual, but the meaning content. I could be listening with my eyes and watching you. I can just listen with my whole body, you might say, listen energetically, receiving, receiving. But in all cases, the mindfulness and the concentration is the same practice. So there's the non-identification that comes with mindfulness, yeah? And there's the deep steadiness. And now, now, we can be with receiving even powerful story, not shutting out story, but also not falling in. And once again, just as with the speaking, for us to dwell internally in order to speak at this boundary of profound mindfulness and concentration and steadiness and my own constructing mind, also as a listener, I can dwell right at the boundary of just pure awareness, just receiving this flow, meaning, story, none of it matters, and story really matters. And they're just right there, watching the story unfold, watching these responses of my body-mind to your story unfold, and dwelling in awareness. So it is possible for the meditation practice to move through this whole experience. Um, And over time, as practice becomes stable, we may find that there's a um, unbroken quality. One of my teachers, Ajahn Sobin, was meticulous about continuity of practice transitions from sitting to walking, every movement you made while you were eating. Being on retreat with him was 
you know, all one practice period, basically. Well, with listening deeply and speaking the truth, it has that sense of mobility. It moves through all the different phases of being in dialogue, being in silence, being back in dialogue. The contemplation is about this, it's about this. It doesn't matter. It's a continuity of practice. And maybe we can find that you know, something frees the heart. So, um, I'd like to suggest that you take this, some of the things that I'm saying now, take them home. You know, you're going to be talking to people, I'm guessing, tonight. And watch the mind. Watch when the mind falls in. When you're talking to someone else, watch yourself weave your stories and say, wow, you know, this is, this is what my personality does. Don't judge it. Just be present to it. Just see what it's like for this upwelling of the storytelling to happen and of the possibility, maybe. Touch the possibility. Oh, now I'm watching. Now I'm knowing. When someone else is speaking, they're giving you this great gift of their attention and the gift of their heart. Listen deeply and see what it's like to dwell at that boundary of story and awareness. Let it just be a practice in your everyday life now and see what it yields. And then tomorrow we'll really you know, move into it with some deep intentionality, perhaps some subtlety. Okay? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.